to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 113. Let's get on with the best Dynasty podcast in the land. Well, boy, oh boy. If you've been listening to this, hopefully you're in the playoffs in your Dynasty League. I was looking, I was thinking about this today. You know, we, uh, Bam Knight, Zonovan Knight was like the biggest free agent this, uh, this week. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, if you're in a league, you can see, especially in sleeper, how many other managers put a, put a bid on a player. And I was looking at it and, and a lot of my leagues, you know, he went for max, you know, because it's late. And so, you know, and, and I put max on him and, and, and most leagues I was in almost every league because, he might be a starting running back for the playoffs. And if you can find a starting running back, even if, you know, it's a chance at a starting running back, it's worth all of it. Uh, the likelihood that there's another player after this date that will pose any sort of real value in your league is minimal. So putting all in for, for Bam Knight was probably the right process. Whether it ends up working out or not, who knows? But that was the right process. Anyway, so I'm looking at some of my leagues and it's like, Sometimes one, two, three, four players, uh, you know, managers put in any offer whatsoever. And I'm thinking, what the hell are the other six, seven, eight, nine guys doing? Like, and and that's when it dawned on me that, you know, just the fact that you're even listening to this podcast, the fact that you're, you know, active in your league is an edge. I mean, it's unbelievable to watch, you know, people just not put a bid on Bam Knight. I mean, I know he's not like some major player, but Good grief, he's a 21-year-old back in an offense that obviously now led by one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We'll get to that later. But, um, you know, I love it. I love it so much. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, th- there's an opportunity. You know, he's he, he's got the size. He's got the speed. He looked really good. Uh, pass catching, we loved him coming out. Um, obviously, these backs are, you know, sometimes just, you know, buried on the depth chart. But now, all of a sudden, he's got an opportunity. Michael Carter... Does not look like he's going to play this week. And, uh, you know, of course, we've got the ghost of James Robinson looming. But the the edge that you have by just being active in your league is sometimes a huge edge. And it can cut both ways. You know, I was thinking about it. The other thing, too, is like, you know, you've got Javante and you're willing to give him up for like a Nick Chubb type of package. And maybe you could work with the Nick Chubb owner because he's tanking and you're, you're competing. You're like, man, if only... And and maybe that 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 manager is like not paying attention, even though it's a win-win trade, and he would gain and you could gain. Sometimes those trades aren't available because guys aren't paying attention in your league, and I, I know that's frustrating. Um, but it cuts both ways because that that manager who's not paying attention, you've got an edge on him in other ways or her, I suppose. Um, you've got an edge on them, so just be happy you've got the edge, and don't be too frustrated with with managers who aren't that active. Because when they're not that active, you get Bam Knight for a reduction, and you know you get to to make uh, waiver wire moves, uh, you know, on the cheap. Um, you know, my, I feel like my my Scott Fishbowl league is a little bit soft, and I was able to get like Benny Snell, Hasty, and Zonovan Knight with only like nineteen bucks left. You know, so I felt really good about being able to get all those players on my roster in a uh, you know in a. I'm not saying it's a soft uh, league. I'm just saying it. You know, uh, there wasn't a ton of ton of bids on them in, in, in my particular league and division. So uh, anyway, you know, the, the, the inactivity or activity of your league uh, can sometimes work to your benefit or to your disadvantage. And just understand when those are. One of the things I want to talk about this week, uh, first of all, I think it's going to be just me. I mean, who knows? Someone might stop by. It happened last week, but actually last week, no show. I mean, Thanksgiving, what do you want me to do? You know, I'm playing with the kids, you know? Um, uh, but I did, I did get back into poker. Oh my God. I had a big win. Oh, felt good. Anyway, that was great. But getting back to, you know, what we're looking at, I was looking at, um, if we go back to the Chris motherfucking Kiranby episode, when, when my buddy Chris was on, uh, he, he did want to talk about something. And I think we touched on it just briefly, but it was sort of the quarterback wasteland upcoming. He was talking about this from the very beginning of the year. And, you know, in some ways I was like, eh, maybe, maybe, but you know, he was writer than rain on this one is, you know, just take a peek at the quarterback landscape in the NFL. 
this is one of those reading the Silva leaves types of thought processes that I think y'all should be thinking about, especially of course, in super flex leagues in non super flex leagues, who even gives a shit about quarterbacks, just try and get yourself a dope one and play them every week. And that's that. So, but in super flex, you know, these second tier quarterbacks are very volatile. You know, you could be riding Carson Wentz one week and all of a sudden he's a, he's a bench player, you know, Baker Mayfield picking first overall. Yeah, I got a guy. So there's a lot of volatility. You know, one of the things I've pushed back against, uh, you know, with, with some other analysts has been just take a quarterback in the first round of a, of a rookie draft. They're the most solid, stable assets. No, they're not. They bust more than 50% of the time. Just go look at them. You know, it's like just because the quarterback that works out lasts long doesn't mean that all of them are stable choices. Um, There's a lot of hits and misses in your rookie draft, so don't get that one confused. Although, you know, when you hit on a a Herbert late in the first round or a Josh Allen early in the second round for crying out loud, um, those are those are monumental picks. So when in doubt, you can lean a little bit quarterback in a super flex rookie draft. But, you know, it's not like they're they're um, they're sure things. But. Looking at, and I'll share my my dynasty ranks with you right now, my quarterback rankings. This is super flex. You look at the top, it's Mahomes. I still have Mahomes number one. I never really came off him at number one. And sure enough, he's the number one quarterback in the NFL in, in fantasy points and points per game. So far in 2022, he'll be the league MVP unless things get wonky. I mean, it's possible it's Hurts or whatever, but Mahomes is the, the alpha predator. He is the guy that can also last the longest you know Josh Allen's greatness and his dynamism um, can be thwarted by injury and he does you know take off a bit I think Mahomes profiles more as a guy who can you know stand the test of time we'll get to some of the quarterbacks who don't fit that profile in just a bit Josh Allen is number two I think Jalen Hurts is number three right now um you know, he is basically Josh Allen, right? Um, you know, uh, I, I don't see very much of a difference between Hertz and Allen in almost any way. Hertz is going to be tethered to a contract. They both play on strong franchises with uh, with great defenses and weapons around them and coaching infrastructure. And my goodness, I mean, these two teams are poised to be good for many years to come. I don't think they're going to let Jalen Hurts go anywhere. So he's going to get locked up. I've got Lamar Jackson. Okay, then Justin Fields. I think both of those players are also, you know, they're like Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts light. Okay, great. And then you got guys like Burrow, Herbert, Deshaun Watson. Okay, I've got someone else next that we're going to get to, but I'm just going to skip ahead to Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Tua. The guy I've got at number nine, Trevor Lawrence, right? Kirk Cousins. Okay, that's about where it ends. Because then that's 13 teams. So Minnesota, Miami, Arizona, even is a little bit of a question with Kyler Murray, although they just paid him. I suppose you got to throw um, Russell Wilson into that mix because he's going to be on that, that Denver team. But if you look past the top few, Green Bay in flux, they might, they might do something. San Francisco, who knows what they do at the quarterback position? Is it going to be Jimmy G or Trey Lance? The Giants with with Daniel Jones, the Tampa Bay Bucks with Tom Brady likely retiring, Matthew Stafford in L.A. Not certain that he comes back and plays again. If he does, who knows how healthy he can stay? Uh, obviously, the situation in in New York with the Jets, Jared Goff in Detroit, no sure thing that he moves on and becomes uh, the starter in 2023. Mariota, you know the fantasy world hates him. The um, the, the the real NFL kind of likes what they're doing with Mariota, but I'm not so sure he lasts. Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, questions. Matt Ryan in, in Indianapolis, questions. Washington has questions. Uh, there's just New Orleans, questions. Cleveland, well, obviously they're dialed in. Uh, Houston, questions. Carolina, questions. There's just so many teams that don't know what they're doing at quarterback. And that means that some of these, you know, Jameis Winston's, Gardner Minshew's, you know, Carson Wentz. Uh, I don't know. You know, the, the the young guys, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, those, those guys might get a chance next year. One of them, two of them, none of them. I don't know. There's just a lot of flux. So 
if you're in a and if you're in a, a a super flex dynasty league, I think it's a good time to buy the uncertainty at the quarterback position and just kind of lean into making some trades that where you acquire some non-starters. You know, uh, even if it's just kind of moving a Heineke or you know a Jordan Love or you know a Matt Ryan or whomever, some of these just guys that may or may not be there next year. There's a there's a ton of them. Even the Mike White right now, I think Mike White, you know, you could probably sell a Mike White and get a pretty good return. You know, one of these younger quarterbacks plus, you know, um, you could get a Jameis Winston for a Mike White pretty easily, I would think. You know, not to say that one is more valuable than the other, but you could get some profit. Just swap a quarterback and get some profit. I think that's a, a pretty sage move right now, considering we have no earthly idea what's going to happen in 2023 with the quarterback position in flux. You know, there's always those surprise signings where, you know, look, Jacoby Brissett going into last year, this year, I should say, you know, we weren't sure he was going to be a starter. Then he turned out to be a starter for the whole year. Um, You know, things like that uh, will happen. You know, whether that's a Gardner Minshew or Jameis Winston or Carson Wentz that does that next year, I don't, I don't have any idea, but there's going to be some movement. There's going to be a rookie who, you know, gets drafted someplace and, you know, Carson Wentz is going to be the bridge quarterback, right? Um, Or, again, whomever. So I was just thinking of it, uh, you know, move your quarterbacks around. If you can get get profit in the same tier, I think now's a great time, especially if you're trading with a contender who could use an extra quarterback. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more about that on this episode as I've got some, some quarterbacks that I wanted to talk about. But... Without further ado, let's talk about some of the biggest disappointments in football this year. My goodness. Close your eyes and think, what is the biggest disappointment, either on a team level or or an individual player level this year? Let's all say it together. Russell Wilson, right? Holy smokes, the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. You know, I see all these people being like, I got this one wrong. Everybody got this one wrong. Like, I know there was not everybody was as excited, but nobody saw this coming. I did my power rankings. I have the Texans as the worst team in the in the NFL, but followed by the Broncos and the Rams. Like, who saw that shit coming? Nobody saw that coming. We all might have seen some Rams regression. They're next on this list. Spoiler alert. But the Broncos, everybody really saw them as a as a fringe contender. Hey, maybe they won't gel as quickly as they need to, but they're loaded on offense. The defense is solid. And it's true. That is a fact. That's exactly what they are. But Russell Wilson now, I I don't think there's been a bigger albatross contract in the league. I don't know if there's ever been a worse situation contractually ever because he was signed as an elite top level quarterback this year, and in his first year, sometimes you see these contracts, and it's like toward the end, it's it got bad. Not the first year of quarterback signing like this never happens. I, I honestly can't remember it ever happening, ever. I've never seen this. Guy signs for all the money. I think I heard that if they want to release him at the end of the season, like going into next year, it's a $100 million cap hit. Like, what the? F- they're so they're so tucked in this contract. I think they have an out in 2026, and it's 30 million dollar cap hit. Like, oi! So they're in trouble, man. This is this is like they're married to to uh, to um, to Russell Wilson, and he's fucking him the the Broncos more than he's. Well, never mind, never mind. I don't want to go there. But um, yeah, it's bad. The the league is making fun of him. Other other uh, you know players on other other teams are making fun of his ass. Um, I think his team hates him. I really do. You know, I think I was wrong on Russell Wilson the whole time. Like, I, you know, we we were making fun of uh, Pete Carroll the whole time. And it turns out we owe an apology to Pete Carroll. We owe a, an apology to Pete Carroll. I never dreamed it. Unbelievable. And on the flip side of that coin is the Seattle Seahawks, the team that we all said, dog shit worst team and here they are, like, going to be in the playoffs, and Geno's the most efficient quarterback in the league. 
Geno Smith is the QB seven in fantasy points ahead of like Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. Unbelievable. It's just incredible. Uh, so just to see that happen was uh, was befuddling. But that means that there may be some, some opportunities. You know, when you look at a team like this and they're down, just like there was opportunities with Geno Smith, right? We didn't see it, but, but we should have maybe at least been ready for it. When you look at Russell Wilson right now, I don't know exactly how the hell this, this works itself out. Like, I've been trying to think about what they could do. Like, they can't really release him because if they release him, $100 million cap hit. So they kind of have to just kind of keep him. But do they have to play him? That's the, I mean, can they afford to play him? Is it the coach? The coach is going to be the scapegoat. They have to fire the coach. Uh, Nat Hackett in over his head. That was clear from from early on. Is a, is a new coach enough to save Russell Wilson going forward? I'm not so sure. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. I mean, what is this coach going to do? Be a player coach? I mean, I, I don't understand how they fix this. So then it got me thinking, well, if they just sort of ride through it and like just go through the pain, like having sex with Russell Wilson must feel like, if they go through that and they just do it, what happens? Well, now all these weapons in in uh, in Denver – are degraded, you know, everybody, all of them. And it's like, well, that sucks, you know? Um, do they have the balls to just pay him but not play him? And if so, who the hell are they going to play? It's not like they have an alternative. I mean, they because they can't spend any money at the position. I think they're just stuck with them, and they've got to find a coach that can at least get something out of the corpse of Russell Wilson. Super fucked up situation for Denver. Denver's got to be just like, I mean, just feel trapped, just like Sierra or Ciara, whatever the stupid name is. I don't fucking know. You know me. I'm old. I don't know all these things. But, um, yeah, trapped with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson abandoned on a, on a deserted island. Russell Wilson deserted island. I mean, this is just such a shit, shit show. But Javante Williams coming back. Javante's a buy right now, although maybe not. In some ways, it's like, you know, you kind of want to say as if you're a rebuilder, you want to buy Javante, but I'm not so sure. I think the guy actually that I'd be looking to buy, maybe like Tim Patrick, you know, here's a guy who's just kind of like forgotten. You could probably just scoop him as a as a throw-in to another deal, like, oh, just throw in Tim Patrick. We'll be fine. And, and you just have Tim Patrick, and nobody knows nothing. But next year, he might be a starting outside receiver for, for – um, for the Broncos, you know, I would think it's going to be, you know, Patrick Sutton and Judy again. Um, obviously, Dulcich has shown out. Sorry about Albert O. I still back the process of Albert O. If you, if you remember the take on Albert O the whole time, it was access to ceiling. I never said floor. When you look at it, I was looking at the, the tight end position. What a freaking wasteland that is. You know, there's just so much mediocrity at the tight end position that all you really care about is trying to find you know, a Dallas Goddard, if you can find him, And everything there is just really, really bad. You know, the tight end position is really bad. There's like uh, um, outside of maybe a four or five guys that are averaging, you know, nine, 10 points a game. There's just a, a litany of tight ends averaging, you know, seven, eight points, six, seven, eight points a game. So who cares if you missed on one of them? You know, if you took Dawson Knox or Evan Engram or, you know, Hunter Henry or Noah Fant or whomever, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't, you didn't win or lose because you had Gerald Everett instead of Tyler Higby or whatever. There's none of it there, you know? So really there was no tight end that sort of soared up the boards and was that um, high upside guy. But had the Denver Broncos been the the team that we thought they were, there might've been some opportunity there, but boy, oh boy, absolute shit show there. So moving on to the, you know, Los Angeles Rams, who have a very similar situation. They're sort of tied to their situation. I think there's going to be a whole blow up there. I've been thinking about trying to um, make moves for Cooper Cup. We talked about that on the Scott Connor show uh, or with Scott Connor on the uh, on the last show. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, if you can buy him cheap, maybe, but he's going to be a 30-plus-year-old a wide receiver coming off an injury on a bad team with an, a questionable quarterback situation and a terrible offensive line. 
uh, that doesn't sound so good. I'm not so sure what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to need to really do some repairing of that team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do. Uh, both Kyron Williams and Cam Akers, I there's no there's nothing there. Um, you know, in terms of this season, I'm not sure either one of them are buys for like oh yeah next year. So I think when you look at the Los Angeles Rams, they're also a a a, a squad with not much there to look for to buy. Speaking of buys, we can say bye-bye to Zach Wilson. That's kind of actually rough. I'm I'm not, you know, we we certainly I say we as if it wasn't, you know, me and many others, but I remember saying that the Jets at 2 should definitely have drafted Justin Fields. Um there was a lot of people saying I was wrong. Um I was surprised by that. I thought it was Lawrence and Fields all day long in that draft. And I thought Zach Wilson was a project and a bustable project at that. Uh, very talented arm, clearly. But, you know, I don't know, man. I, I just never saw it. Um, and we're seeing – we're seeing. Uh, I, I, I'm actually surprised. I didn't think he'd be this bad. I really didn't. You know, I thought he'd be more prolific and maybe bad in terms of like, you know, just kind of a, a Jay Cutler type of bad, you know, where he just felt like, hey, man, I can make this throw and like – push it into into coverage and stuff he's not even doing that and really that's the way he kind of has to play he almost has to play gunslinger and he's playing conservative it's just it's ugly it's really bad um he definitely has the quote-unquote talent in other words the physical tools to be a, a quarterback in this league so you know who knows he might resurface at some point but right now mike white clearly is a better player for the new york jets and also it's like a, it's like if Mike White were the starting quarterback in Denver, you might see some guys get excited. You watch, you know, look at Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and the fan base, the announcers, the team, everybody fired up to be playing with a, with a player like Mike White, which is comical when you think about it. I mean, you know, Mike White, a uh, nobody from nowhere is now the, the lifeblood of this, of this Jets team. Kind of cool to see uh, as a football fan and as a dynasty manager, you start seeing what, you know, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, even Tyler Conklin, the running backs, what it's all could be with just a quarterback doing the very simplest things. So uh, super excited about that. Zach Wilson with more free time to bang his mom's friends, which is perfect. Good for him. But in New York, we still have, you know, aside from Zach Wilson date night, uh, we still have the the situation with Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight. Uh, Bam was a player that, you know, Felix Sharp, Ray G, you know, uh, you know, Kyle Larson of the Undroppables, a lot of the guys that, you know, I was uh, taking advice from about college football. They all kind of like this kid, you know, he can catch the football. He's, he's definitely explosive, man. He had some zip and some pop. Uh, he's, he's almost 210, what is he, 5'10", 210, something like that? I mean, he's, he's big enough. He's not a big back, but, you know, he he packs some punch. He looked really, really good uh, against a, a subpar Bears team. But nonetheless, uh, a player to get excited about, if he can get a start this week, who knows, man. You know, the the I think I – didn't we title it last, last week, James Robinson, zombie, whatever, you know. He is the zombie. He he's the dynasty zombie, the fantasy zombie. He's going. He complained this week about not playing. James Robinson did not being active. Now with a Michael Carter probably on the shelf this week, you'll probably see James Robinson active. Now, how much will he take away from Bam Knight or vice versa? I don't know, man. I mean, if you're the coach and you just made the Mike White move and you just saw Bam Knight go off. Why are you bringing it? Don't change anything. Just keep it going. I mean, if if Bam Knight falters in this game, maybe you'd spell him. But I thought the Ty Johnson, Bam Knight, uh, you know, combo looked pretty healthy uh, alongside Mike White. So we'll see what happens. But there's a couple of leagues where I'll be tempted to to insert Bam Knight into my lineup and uh, excited to see what happens with with uh, with Bam going forward. We talk a little bit about, you know, Zach Wilson and Mike White and, and the and the Justin Fields situation. You know, Justin Fields now, I, as I mentioned on the top with just sort of talking about my dynasty rankings, having him in the, you know, in the top 10 is assured. And I think both Justin Fields 
and this next player, um, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think they're both top 10 dynasty quarterbacks right now. And it's, it's kind of crazy because they were kind of drafted there along with, um, you know, Trey Lance as rookies. They were kind of put there immediately just because of all the upside and, you know, uh, Trevor with that 1.01, that sort of John Elway, Andrew Luck comparisons and all that. And, you know, the, the year one was, a, was a messy one, obviously with urban Meyer, Justin Fields. Um, I think people were a little bit soft on him just because of, you know, he was the fourth quarterback taken some quarterback needy teams passed on him. I'm sure they're regretting that now. Um, you know, you think if, uh, Atlanta called, uh, Chicago and, tried to trade Kyle Pitts for Justin Fields. I wonder what they'd say. Woof. But no, no, we've got another year with Matt Ryan. We're going to, we're just going to, what a fucking bunch of idiots. I mean, Atlanta, Detroit, Carolina, all of you had a chance at Justin Fields and all of you passed. And, you know, you can, I guess, defend uh, the Jets and San Francisco for passing on Justin Fields. Although I know in real time, I would not have done so. Uh, if I were running the Jets, Justin Fields would be my quarterback. And God dang, would that be a good team with that defense and that running attack. And Justin Fields, my freaking goodness. Um, but don't worry, Justin uh, Justin Fields is fine. You're going to be okay with this Zach Wilson kid. Um, but I think Trevor Lawrence, I, I, I don't know, man. I, this may be – he's really good. He is really good. I don't know if you guys watched that game this week against Baltimore, but – and I know Baltimore is a little bit soft uh, against the pass, but I don't know, man. Trevor just looks like the real deal. He, um, he's he got some things to clean up. He got blindsided on a uh, sack fumble he didn't see coming. He he tries to make a few things happen here and there and, and, and presses a little bit. But when he's got time to throw, you know, the old thing, deliver the ball on time and on target, he does that. He had that beautiful throw to Zay Jones, uh, you know, down the sideline on fourth down to, to, to move the sticks. I mean, he made some amazing plays in that game to win it. Even just the, the two point throws, there was actually quick pressure um, on a, on an out route. Um, and the guy was covered. I mean, he wasn't wide open. He had to put it in a spot and he did. Um, I just think uh, Trevor Lawrence is absolutely one of the stars of this league. And I think he's going to be a great quarterback for a long period of time. He is a trade target for me because if you can move Kyler Murray for Trevor Lawrence, I would do that. Um, I, I have Trevor Lawrence ahead of him. I think a lot of people would would not necessarily yet. So yeah, if you're holding on to a Kyler share, I would move him for Trevor in a second. If you can get Trevor plus, my goodness, slam it home. You know, here's the thing with Trevor. You know, I was listening to a podcast, won't name names, but they're like, you know, they said something like, uh, well, yeah, but you're not starting Trevor Lawrence in fantasy. I was like, why the fuck not? He has he has top uh seven top twelve finishes. Seven. I mean, what are you looking for? He's 10th in fantasy points. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is is performing as a real-life quarterback, but he's also performing as a fantasy quarterback. Yeah, I've got him 10th or 12th, depending on how you look at it. He is um, uh, one scoring. He's he's quarterback 10, one he's quarterback 12. Um, yeah, he's just been outstanding. Um, you know, right there in the top 12 in points per game and – of course, behind Mike White, but um, he's right there and he's only going to get better and his team's going to get better. So to me, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, absolutely top 10 uh, dynasty quarterbacks right now, immediately. You know, this Trey Lance situation, I was skeptical, obviously got hurt. He didn't get a chance to show himself. It's going to be interesting still to see what happens with him. Obviously, Mac Jones, I think, you know, we kind of pegged it. He's a, he's a, you know, He's probably a good starter in the NFL for for years to come. He has no weapons, so it'll be interesting to see what what he's able to do moving forward. But um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is an absolute buy and an absolute stud. Just put him in there with with Burrow and Herbert, in my opinion, as talent level and where they're going to be. You know, we're going to be looking in three, four, five, six, seven years, and those guys are going to be battling it out every year uh, as some of the top quarterbacks in the NFL market. Uh, Travis Etienne and the Jamichael Hasty situation right now. With if you're holding uh, Etienne, he was like this this lottery ticket, and then he sprains his foot. You miss him this game. That really hurt me in a couple spots. As you know, you'd rather be able to sit him 
but to have them play and give you the basically the goose egg it really hurts man that that sucks you'd rather you know find any sort of backup to put in there uh, instead you got to eat the zero and then this week it's going to be a questionable situation i don't know what to do so if i'm actually a competitive team i might consider moving etn he's got huge value if you're a rebuilder and you can get off a you know an older player you know even if you can make a move with a with a with a with a McCaffrey or a, a Barkley or you know even another top level you know JT something like that and, and maybe get something back whatever right if you can make that move and take on ETN I think it's I think it's wise um, and I think as a com, as a contender if you can somehow shuffle the deck chairs and just get a player that's going to provide uh you know um great scoring down the stretch, not crazy to move off ETN. Obviously the foot kind of scares you anyhow. So um, I don't know. It's just, I was thinking, you know, in some spots, what I want to move ETN just to get myself uh, a more sure thing as a contender down the stretch. So uh, if you're a rebuilder, you're just fine hanging on to ETN and, and playing for next year. You know, and speaking of trades that I would be looking to make, um, you know, there's, there's trades where, it's just, it lines up perfectly because if you're a contender, you want to buy this player. And if you're a rebuilder, you want to sell this player. So it doesn't really matter. It's not a buy or a sell. It's actually a buy and a sell. It just depends on which type of team you are. And and that player, I mean, it's very, very hard to imagine you're a, a rebuilder with this guy, but Travis Kelsey, look, if you're, if you're a rebuilder and, and Kelsey is somehow on your team and you're not winning, which got that as a crime against humanity. You should be selling them. And my goodness, if you're a contender and you have the opportunity to buy Travis Kelsey, make it happen. He he is so far and away the tight end one. I mean, this has been his most impressive season, especially when you compare him to his peers. You know, he's averaging about 21, 20, 21, depending on your scoring. I mean, you know, PPR is a little bit more, tight end premium, obviously more. Um, but I'm looking at one scoring that I use. That's that, you know, half point PPR, half point first down, whatever. He's like 21, you know, points per game. You know, Andrews is at 13. After that, there's no, but there's only a couple players at around 10. So he's like basically doubling up everybody at the tight end position. You know, he's got 12 uh, touchdowns, 12 total touchdowns. This is, this is a crazy stat. Do you know which tight end is second in the NFL in total touchdowns? You might think it's Mark Andrews, or maybe you'll guess TJ Hawkinson. Oh, George Kittle, or oh, is it Juwan Johnson? Nope. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Cole Komet? Nope. It's Taysom Hill, who has one touchdown catch and five on the ground for six. Kelsey has 12 total touchdowns. Taysom Hill with six, and then a bunch of guys with five. Kelsey has doubled up in touchdowns. I mean, he's got hundred over 100 targets. Nobody else has more than 80. He's got over 900 yards. Nobody has really more than 600. Mark Andrews at 601. Everybody else is, is less than that. I mean, he is just so far and away the skeleton key at the tight end position that uh, he's worth a buy. He's worth it. Uh, he, you know, every game, he even if he doesn't have a big game, uh, you know, yardage and, and receptions, somehow he finds the end zone. I mean, He's got 12 touchdowns. We're in week 12. So that tells you everything you need to know. He finds the end zone. He's, he's, he's always primed for a league winning, you know, week winning game too. Like, you know, three touchdowns, 150 yards type of thing. He's just right there. So Travis Kelsey, absolutely. J.K. Dobbins. I'd be interested in buying in on J.K. Dobbins right now. I think his value is about as low as it's ever going to be. This is the buy-the-dip moment. He's practicing this week. I don't know if he plays. I don't know when he's going to actually perform. But if I'm a rebuilder, I'm looking to to move off of uh, another guy further down this list, a Jeff Wilson, to get to J.K. Dobbins, right? Why not? You know, come the start of next year, it's very, very likely that J.K. Dobbins has a, has a starting running back posi- uh, spot and that Jeff Wilson might not. I'm not saying he won't. It's more likely that he won't than he will, Jeff Wilson, that is. So why not make that move? You know, if you're a contender, I'm not saying that I would necessarily want to sell J.K. Dobbins for Jeff Wilson, but if you ask me who's going to score more fantasy points between now and the end of the season, my chip is on Jeff Wilson, no doubt. So, you know, if you're a contender, it's not a crazy crazy move to make. 
Um, but as a, as a rebuilder, it's a great move to make because you get J.K. Dobbins back. So I'm, I'm looking for creative ways to, to get J.K. Dobbins on my, on my roster. I, the aforementioned Travis Etienne. Look, I think there are some trades out there that can work for your team with Travis Etienne. Um, I just sent a, just another player that I, I just sent a, a message to my league. Best offer takes him because I got to get off him because I'm, I'm a rebuilder, Tom Brady. The problem with Tom is that he just hasn't, I don't know, man. This the, Talk about another disappointing team. If you want to have the list of disappointing teams, Rams, Broncos, man, the Bucks got to be in there, man. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to win that division. Well, if they're going to have to win the division to make the playoffs. But, um, you know, if if Brady had just had a couple of splash games, like he'd had like every single game last year, um, then then he would be easier to sell. But right now, if you're a contender, you look at him and go, I don't know. Do I really need his ass? You know, even in a super flex league, your, your quarterback too might be better than Brady. So what do I need him for? So he's getting harder and harder to transact, but you got to sell him. Even if it's cheap announced to the league, there's four or five contenders, you know, maybe one, two or three of them will, will really need a quarterback. Even if there's only one team, go right to that team and say, Hey man, I'm selling, you're buying. It's either you and make up the other, you know, you got to make up another team just like, uh, just like they do in the real NFL. They, you know, put some, uh, put some, you know, you put in the, in the thing, uh, Hey, at other team, you know, whatever offer, uh, you know what I mean? Create a false narrative that you're about to sell Brady to another team, create a market, but you got to get Brady off your roster. If you're a rebuilder, it's time. I do think he might retire. I know there's a chance he might play, you know, he's divorced now. He's got nobody to tell him what to do. You know, he could he could go somewhere. He could be a San Francisco 49er next year. A lot of opportunities, but he also has that big contract waiting for him to announce games. Gotta get off Tom Brady. All right, quiz time. Do you guys know? I'm just gonna say this. Who's the most surprising top 12 quarterback other than Geno Smith in the NFL in fantasy? This guy's the quarterback 11 in total fantasy points, Marcus Mariota. Unbelievable. I know that all y'all hate. Everybody in the fantasy world is just bemoaning Arthur Smith, yet somehow he's taken this team and, you know, that that is basically was probably going to be one of the worst in the league, and he's got him on the on the brink of a playoff berth, you know, battling the Tom Brady-led Bucks. I don't know, man. They've been doing something right. And I know that he's not throwing touchdown passes, but he's running the football. He's got four uh, rushing touchdowns and, you know, 421 yards rushing so far. Um, you know, that's more than Kyler Murray. Um, you know, that's that's a pretty good number. You know, I mean, Josh Allen, 561. You know, he's at 451. That's pretty good. Or what I say, 421. Pretty damn good. So he's getting you some dual threat, um, you know, uh, play from – uh, Mariota, I think he's a sneaky buy. I don't think anybody likes him. I think there's a everybody's down on him as a as a as a fantasy asset. I don't think anybody likes him. So if you're a contender and you need a a little extra quarterback in your lineup, uh, you know, super flex, maybe just in some insurance, you just don't want to you know see a Josh Allen or you know uh, you know maybe you got a Justin Fields that's down. I say go get yourself some Mariota. What about what about Deshaun Watson? What are we doing with Deshaun Watson? You guys, I'm not sure. You know, it's like Russell Wilson's made us a little gun shy now about quarterbacks changing teams and you know who knows what. I, I don't know, man. This Deshaun Watson thing, I know, I know I keep mentioning my boy Chris, but he came on here and was like, he's gonna bust out, and I was like, that doesn't sound right, but maybe maybe this guy busts out. I have no idea. I mean. I'm fully prepared for almost anything, but for that reason, if you can sell at his current value, which is a top five to eight uh, dynasty superflex quarterback, why not sell? I mean, it's not going to get that much better. And then you take all the risk out of it if the bottom falls out. You know, this is a guy maybe you can move for Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, I don't know. This is this is a very interesting spot because if you can sell on 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 the promise of Deshaun coming back, hey, he's playing this week. He's got Houston. They suck. It's going to be all fucking, you know, fireworks and and 
and celebrations for for Deshaun. Did you hear he's got ten of his accusers are, are attending the game? I don't. I, I just saw the highlight of that or the the headline. I don't even know what that means. What are they doing? Is that a op research, or are they still like him? Or I'm I'm just fucking flabbergasted by this whole story. I have no idea. I have no take. I have no take. I just I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, but Deshaun might be a sell. You know, there's the there's the Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry situation. You know, Derrick Henry's still like the RB three in uh, in fantasy. What a fucking stud, man! I was pouring dirt on him. I should just shut my mouth when it comes to Derrick Henry, man. Unbelievable, um, just absolutely incredible. Uh, but I think he he he's still a sell because of his age. Um, you know, he's probably gonna play again next year and do the exact same thing. I don't understand this guy. He's unbelievable. Um, but I guess Chubb and Henry could be a sell. Um, and again, they could be buys if you're a contending team because you may not have to pay so far up. You know, you may be able to 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 get them on the on the slight cheap because of uh, their age. So while they're a buy, I think they also could be a sell because there's probably not a fervent market for guys like Chubb and Henry. I, I know there's not. You know, there's not a ton of buyers for those types of players. So, you know, you can kind of make some, you know, some edgy low ball offers, you know, you can kind of squeeze that offer and get, get yourself something that might make some sense and not have to overpay for either of those guys. Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson. Um, I mean, you know, I don't think the the guy holding Jeff Wilson, especially if he's a non contender sees him as a long-term asset. So Jeff Wilson's a, a, a league winner. I put Jeff Wilson and, uh, uh, Jamal Williams in that same bucket, like who knows these guys, maybe, you know, maybe even a Dante, Deontay Foreman. Those are the types of guys that, you know, hopefully if you're a contender and, and a non contenders holding these guys, <clears throat> you should be able to come in and swoop them in for nothing more than a second. Right. You know, I'm not saying that they, you can't try and get more than a second if you're selling, but as a buyer, Hey, if you can get in there and, and buy one of these guys for a second or, you know, some sort of, package that doesn't doesn't cost you too much you could do a lot worse I mean right now Jamal Williams leading the NFL in touchdowns uh, I think that continues he's clearly their goal line back and their lead back they said as much uh you know going in and and that's what they've shown so he's he's the workhorse stud he's looking really good too uh Jeff Wilson looks like he's at home in that offense uh Mike McDaniel who is basically becoming my favorite fucking coach of all time uh, I can't get enough of this Mike McDaniel situation. I mean, nothing is more entertaining than 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 this guy just acting like a complete. Uh, I don't even know what he what he is. What is Mike McDaniel? My goodness, I love that dude. Um, but uh, yeah, he looks like he's he likes Jeff Wilson. He's riding the hot hand. He, I think he likes guys who you know fit what he's trying to do, understand what he's trying to do, and execute what he's trying to do. Kind of makes sense, but. Um, you know, I think, I think Jeff Wilson fits that. So, uh, he's going to be a a workhorse down the stretch for a, a team that scores a lot. So those are, those are, those are buys as well. Um, maybe Najee and JT, these guys who JT was untouchable, right? He was untouchable. You had to pay multiple first plus young players, plus, plus, plus just to get your hands on JT right now. I'm not so sure you couldn't get JT for a lot less than you were, uh, a while ago. So JT might want to kick the tires on Jonathan Taylor. The other one that I don't know the, the offers I've been getting for him. I I may be a buyer instead of a seller is Najee Harris. I, I never really loved Najee as a, as a fantasy asset, given this team, um, you know, last year with big Ben, it was, it was ugly with that offensive line this year, the offensive line still not very good. And, you know, they had the poo-poo platter of Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. So that the, his struggles have persisted. But you got to think that maybe at some point it turns around for him. He's now hurt. It may be a very, very nice buy low on Najee. Uh, if, you can, if you can craft the right deal where you're getting Najee, it may be a wise move. I don't know. It may not be too. I'm not saying it for sure is. But if you can get a low enough cost, the upside is worth the risk here. Um, you know, the injured guys... When you look at Javante and Brees Hall, you know now that we're a little bit further away from it, if there's a contender, they might be willing to sell cheap because they're ready now. 
now's the time where you want to approach that contender and say, Hey man, here's the, here's the chance. You're, you're in the playoffs. What are you going to do? You're going to play Javante. Oh no, you're not dude. Who, who knows if he ever comes back, you can start spinning that tail. So, um, you know, Javante and Brees, uh, you know, buy lows, if you will. And if you can sell them for their, for their ceiling value right now and get some, some, uh, a replication of, of their value. I think that's, I think that's fine. If you're selling them for top five to 10 dynasty running back value right now, um, as a contender, absolutely. So all these guys exist as both buys and sells. Um, last couple, uh, Zay Jones, Zay Jones is almost like the, the wide receiver one for Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a, he's an absolute buy. Um, you know, he should cost you nothing, especially from a non-contender. I don't think anybody sees Zay Jones as a as an actual, you know, like fantasy asset, even though he actually is. You know, it's guys like him and like um, Hollins. You know, all these guys. Like, it's like there's a there's a few guys out there that that you can that you can buy very very inexpensively, and actually put him in your lineup. You know, it was the Jacoby Myers effect from last year. It's like that's Zay Jones. He's just he's a target monster. So, and then maybe lastly. You know, Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco, I think, is a sell. Um, he, you know, look, it's possible that Isaiah Pacheco succeeds this year and reserves himself a seat at the table for next year with the Kansas City Chiefs. And if that happens, if you sell now, you might feel like, man, I missed it. But there's a lot of outcomes and a lot of, a lot of situations where Isaiah Pacheco is marginalized for next year and not the lead back. You know, I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying it's definitely possible. You know, there's just so many outcomes, free agents, like Josh Jacobs is a free agent. I'm not saying they're going to sign Josh Jacobs. I'm just saying there will be opportunities for the Kansas city chiefs to upgrade that position, whether it be with free agency, whether it be with the draft, a lot of different ways. It certainly won't be CEH, uh, poor one, all the fuck way out for CEH, but um, I think that that's something that you really have to consider doing with, with Pacheco um, if you're a rebuilder. Um, I know it seems like, oh, yeah, young running back. I want to keep him. I don't know. Obviously, right now, too, philosophically, if you're a rebuilder, there's really not any player that you're not willing to sell, especially if you can sell from majority draft picks. Um, remember, this is the Iron Bank, the draft that's where you can store all your value. So as a rebuilder right now, if you can put all of your point scores onto another team and take all their draft picks, essentially, you know, for equal value, you're winning because those players will decrease in value as the next season rolls along and your draft picks will increase in value. In general, that's true, obviously. Um, but, um, but yeah, if you've got young wide receivers, no sense in selling them. Garrett Wilson's, Traylon Burks. Um, you know, players of this, of this nature, you certainly don't need to be looking to move them, but, uh, but any, anything else, you know, that that's, that's winning right now, you know, Josh Jacobs, my goodness, he's a sell, of course, not because he's a bad player. He's actually, you know, proven me wrong to some degree. I faded him, although not at his, as uh, draft cost this year, but, uh, but I, I was one of the ones that helped him fade to that point. I was, I was with it. You know, I, I thought there was some uncertainty there. And uh, we really should have learned a lesson there. A lot of lessons to be learned. I can't wait for the offseason to, to talk about a lot of these things, like the Josh Jacobs um, you know, situation, how we could have learned from that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would sell Pacheco um, for those reasons. But ultimately, you do want to be moving all of your you know, liquid assets into draft assets. Iron bank. Build the bank. If you're a rebuilder, if you're just simply a non-contender, you know, at this point, you know, just, just moving stuff off your roster is, is okay. Get, get yourself some younger players, some younger wide receivers and, uh, and and some draft picks for all of your older players. Anybody that's, you know, that's, that's a little bit older. Now you don't want to sell too light because fuck that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Don't just sell to self sell when there's the, when there's that right moment, be patient, Know who's active in your league. Hit them up. Get that conversation going. Make it happen. If you're a rebuilder, it's almost more important for you to be making moves right now than the contenders. You know, this is your opportunity to to squeeze those contenders. You know, paint a picture. 
Show them how they can win it. If only they had the player you've got, right? That's what you need to do. And, and you know what? You might be right. Sometimes, you know, you buy the right guy at the right time and you ride him to a championship. You know, if somehow you had Cooper Cup last year, right? You know, you, you guys get it, man. You have the right player on, on your team down the stretch. You can win it. Um, this, this pod is being recorded before my Patriots upset the Buffalo Bills. I know it's not true, guys. I know. I know. I'm 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 a realist. I know we're gonna lose like twenty like thirty to thirteen, you know? It's gonna be ugly. They're gonna kick the shit out of us. It's gotta be tough though for a guy like me. You know, I gotta cheer for Gabe Davis and the Patriots. I don't know how to do that. It's just like if we lose, I hope it goes to Gabe, but it probably won't because he gets like five fucking targets a game. So it's it's just pain all day long. But uh but yeah. Next week we'll have a we'll have a guest. I just want to do a little solo pod, short one. Uh get get some takes out there. Um, hopefully it was entertaining. It's always more entertaining when I've got someone else on here to make fun of, but, uh, I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for joining and we'll see you next week with a guest way, way better than this week's guest. So on behalf of everybody here at the undrafted on behalf of everybody here at the undroppables on behalf, the greatest podcast producer that has ever lived. You have been joined by Scott Belanger and I am Jax Falcone. And we are...